the best marketing for your book will always be word of mouth. If somebody will read your book, they love it, and they tell a bunch of their friends about it, that's how books get big. It's completely organic virality. The book has to be great to go through word of mouth, and that's the only way books get big. Josh, welcome to the podcast. Super excited to have you on, man. Happy to be here, Lucas. Cool. So basically, I'll give a quick rundown. You have a background in working with uh, you know, uh, business owners, personal brands, coaches to get a, a business book published, as well as you know, PR and kind of building a personal brand. So maybe give us a, a quick you know, hi- highlight, real summary of what you've been doing, kind of what you're, what you're doing now and, and what you help people with. All right. I'll try to give you the quick version. So I started a marketing agency in 1999, failed my way forward, lots of ups and downs. 2013, I got the opportunity to write for Forbes magazine, became a columnist there, contributor. And that led to opportunities to write for TechCrunch, Mashable, Time, Fortune, just a bunch of publications. I wrote hundreds of articles for more than two dozen business publications over the next few years. That really raised my personal brand and my visibility, which led to speaking engagements, TEDx talk in front of a thousand people, led to a book deal. And once I had all those things going for myself, the book, the magazine articles, the PR, the speaking, then people started to come to me and ask, how did you do this? And can you help me do this too? And so I started coaching executives and entrepreneurs on here's how to build your personal brand. Here's how to build your thought leadership platform. Here's how to get a book published. And eventually I really focused on the book because I found that once Mm -hmm. people had the book, that was kind of the anchor. That was the thing that really put fuel on the Mm -hmm. fire when it came to getting speaking engagements, when it came to getting PR. If you had a book, it just made everything else so much easier. And so today I still have my marketing agency. I have a PR firm. I have a LinkedIn agency. I have all these things. But (laughs) the main thing I focus on is being a book coach and coaching executives and entrepreneurs on how to write a book and get it out there and leverage it to grow their business. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So for context, our audience, you know, there's a lot of coaches, there's a lot of course creators or um, aspiring course creators. So I'm curious, publishing a book and the PR stuff that, that we'll get into a second, is this kind of relevant if someone has a, a, a digital product, uh, an online coaching platform, how can a book kind of tie in and, and help them? A lot of it has to do just with credibility. When you have a book, somebody said it's a business card on steroids. It's the authority and credibility that comes from being a published author can't really be overstated. So if you're marketing a course, and you're an author and you have a book, there's just all this credibility that comes with that versus just having the course. If you're trying to be a speaker or a coach or anything else, if you have that book, people just figure, oh, they've written a book. They must be an expert on this thing because they wrote a book about it. And it's true. Writing a book is a lot of work, takes a lot of effort to get it done. And people recognize that because most people haven't written a book. And it seems really intimidating for most people to think of it. So they kind of think, well, gee, anybody who has written a book must really know what they're doing and really have their act together. So there's that credibility piece. It's also a marketing tool, of course, because once you have a book, people find it, they read it, they like it, and they want more of whatever you're giving away. 
Definitely, definitely. So, so let's kind of start, I, I guess, take a step back. Some of the entrepreneurs and some of the clients that you've worked with in terms of this book, book launch, can you give me kind of, you know, like a, like a rough summary of kind of who they are, maybe how many books you've worked on and, and some of the kind of, you know, crazy examples of successful book launches and, and how they impacted some of your, some of your clients? So I've worked with over a hundred entrepreneurs on their books. Not all of those are published, but I've, mm. I have, I run groups, I run coaching seminars and such. And so I've had well over a hundred people or two, maybe over 200 people at this point that are going through my programs or have gone through mm -hmm. my programs. So some of these people are coaches. A lot of them are just executives or entrepreneurs. So, uh, for example, I have a client recently that I've been working with. His name's Rob. He is a commercial real estate investor, operator, and technology entrepreneur. So he owns property, but he also creates software for other property owners. And cool. in his case, the reason he wanted to write a book, I mean, this guy, he, he's, he's got a high net worth. He owns a yacht. He's mm -hmm. got the private jet. Mm -hmm. He's got the multiple homes. Nice. He's got the fancy cars, yeah. all that stuff. But the reason he wanted to write a book is he's trying to build this billion dollar tech company and he said, mm -hmm. I'm going into my client's offices and they don't know who I am. They have no clue who I am. They think I'm just some sales guy. And he's like, mm -hmm. I'm worth way more than these guys. I've been way more successful, but they don't know it. And I don't want to walk in and tell them like, don't you know who yeah. I am? He doesn't want to come off that way, right? So he's like, I want to write a book so that I can send them the book and then they can see who I am without me having to say, here's who I am. And so for him, the book was really about raising his personal profile and his credibility so that when he goes in and he tries to sign a million dollar a year contract for the software he sells, people know who he is and he's kind of a celebrity in the industry because he's got this book that focuses on commercial real estate. So his book just came out a couple of months ago. It's become a Wall Street Journal bestseller. And oh, wow. my role in that was coaching him through that process of getting his book written, helping him find a ghostwriter. Mm -hmm helping him with marketing and promotion and editing and just everything. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Well, I'm, I'm keen to kind of drive into the specific process. So let's say someone has, in our case for our audience, maybe like a coaching business or a, a digital product business, maybe even an agency, and they want to create a, a book, like you said, uh, to build that authority, to build that credibility, maybe even to do it as, as a lead gen, as a front end offer. What is the first step in terms of coming up with a book to write? Um, how do you come, come up with the idea? How do you decide kind of what the book should focus on before you actually start writing? So if we assume that this person already has a business, then we know that the number mm -hmm. one goal is I'm writing this book to grow this business. So we can check that one off. We know why the book exists. The next stage is to say, well, who's my audience? And what are they looking for? And how would writing a book get them to move through my funnel the way that I want them to move through it? Is this going to be a top of funnel thing that it helps them to find me? Is it going to be a mid funnel thing where they come and they find me and then I give them the book and this convinces them that they want to sign up? Where are we going to place this in our marketing process? So once we know who our audience is, and how we want them to react to this content, then we can craft the book to do that. And so we can write, I mean, it's different for everybody because everybody has a different audience. Everybody has a different idea yeah. for their book. 
but mm -hmm. we can sit down and we can say, okay, if this is the reaction you want to get from your audience when they read your book, this is the type of material that we're going to have to write. This is the way that we're going to have to write it, the tone we're going to have to take. And you can craft a cool. book around it, that goal to achieve that goal. And then the, the question is, well, how do we get this book in the right hands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So let's step back. You're saying how there's different options as to where in your kind of funnel you can place the book front end, you know, in the middle, et cetera, et cetera. Where are the different places people can pay, uh, place it? What are the kind of pros and cons of these different, you know, funnel structures with the book? And also maybe one or two examples of different ways people have utilized their book in their kind of overall funnel or, or kind of product suite. Let's talk about two specific examples. A lot of people think cool. that they're going to write a book, they're going to stick mm -hmm. it up on Amazon, and thousands of people are going to buy it, and then these people are going to hire them and give them a bunch of money. That's not the way it works. Because if you write a book, you stick it up on Amazon, what you're going to get is crickets. Nobody's going to respond. Nobody's even going to know that your book exists. You have to promote your book and do marketing work in order to get it out there, in order to get it in front of people. And so the average self-published book sells 250 copies during its entire lifetime. So most people's books are not super successful in terms of the numbers of books that they're selling. Now, instead of going out there and just sticking the book out, out there and hoping that people find it and hoping that it spreads somehow magically, what I prefer to do with my clients is say, who do you want to read this book? If who's the person who could read this book and then hire you and it would change everything mm -hmm. for you? Or who are 10 yeah. people or 20 people or 50 people? Well, what's the easiest way to get the book in those people's hands? Send them the book, write the book and send it to them, mail it to them. Nobody throws a book in the trash. Nobody gets a package yeah. that's as heavy as a book and says, yeah. oh, this is just junk mail. I'm going to throw this away. If somebody gets a book in the mail, they're going to open that and take a look at what that book is. It's not every day that somebody just gets a free book unexpectedly. So if you send a book to somebody and you have a little note in there saying, hey, here's who I am. This is what I do. This is why I sent this to you. Hope you enjoy it. People will at least read the letter and they might read the book. And if you can get them to read the book, I mean, that's a 150 to 200 page piece of marketing that people are reading. I mean, that's the best marketing ever. If you send somebody a one page thing, they won't read it, but somehow you can send them a 200 page thing and they'll actually read it and sometimes read it all and sometimes read it multiple times. So a book is a great marketing that tool that way, but if we wait for people to find it, it's not going to happen. We have to get it in their hands and send it out to them. So when people hear that the average self-published book sells 250 copies, sometimes they get kind of depressed, but the way I look at that is, maybe I only need 50 people to read this book. Who are those 50 people? How can I get it in their hands? And maybe after that, I don't really care how many copies it sells because if I can get 10 of those people to sign up and pay me $5,000 a month or $10,000 a month for coaching, I mean, I've got it made. I don't really need anybody else after that point. For sure, for sure. And let's go into the kind of book topic because we spoke about that last time around, you know, focusing in on the avatar, focusing on the goal of the book and also what the outcome of the book is, right? After reading this book, people will get X result. For someone who's maybe 
running a lot of businesses, offering a few different services, coaching in, in different niches, how would you kind of zone in and, and, and first of all, pick that, you know, specific promise or outcome of the book, whether it's start a business or whether it's, you know, just some simple kind of Facebook ad ad strategy, how do you under, decide the kind of uh, idea and scope of the actual content of the book? Again, it goes back to what's the outcome I want to create and who am I going after? So mm. let me think. Uh, I'm just thinking through other clients. So for example, another one of my clients, Ben Ward, he wrote a book called Sellership. And so he's a coach. He's a sales coach. He goes in and he coaches companies and sales teams. And he decided that who he wanted to work with was salespeople who are trying to make that leap from salesperson to sales leader, leading a sales team, mm -hmm. because there's a big transition there. When you're just doing sales and you, you just have responsibility for yourself, you might be the best expert at that in the world. But as soon as you have to lead other people and train other people, it's an entirely different ballgame. And so a lot of people fail in that transition. And his book mm -hmm. is designed to help people make that leap, make that jump. And That's so he decided these are the people I want to go after because these people stand to make a lot more money if they can make that transition successfully. And there are a lot of companies out there that want people to make that transition successfully. And so they're willing to pay money as well. And then that puts him in a position where he's the guy that they want to hire to bring in or to give them coaching. And so when he was crafting this book, Sellership, it was he was looking at the title and saying, how do I get a title that attracts that ideal audience? How do I create content that attracts that ideal audience? So his book's very short because mm -hmm. salespeople are really busy and don't want to spend yeah. a ton of time maybe reading a book. He got the foreword written by Brian Tracy, who for anybody wow. who's not into sales, Brian Tracy is like the biggest sales guru of all time. So he got the foreword written by Brian Tracy. So he can put that on the book and say forward by Brian Tracy that attracts the attention of his ideal audience. And then the book is actually a story. It's a narrative. So it's a fictional narrative about somebody who's struggling, making this leap from salesperson to sales leader. And the story shows how they make this transition successfully and some of the challenges they face. So, by writing that book, it sets Ben up as the expert on that topic of how to make that leap. So if you read that book and you're in that situation, you're reading this and you're thinking, this guy who wrote this book really understands me. He understands the challenge I'm facing. And if he understands my problem, my challenge, he probably has the solution and he could probably help me. Now you read the book and you think, well, that's really short. I really need somebody to hold my hand and guide me through this. Mm. And then that's where they go to Ben and they say, hey, I read your book. I loved it, but I need more than just this story. I need somebody to really work with me over the next few months. And then Ben can say, well, hey, I've got these coaching yeah. packages or I've got this corporate yeah. training. I can come in and train your yeah. team. That's how yeah. it all connects and ends up with more business for Ben. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense totally. Because even in pretty much most of the, of the business books I read, or at least a lot of them, it, it is very much the center. It's like, okay, this is good and it's valuable, but it's a lead magnet. And all throughout the book, there's kind of CTAs where it's like, you know, book a call with my team, get it installed. So yeah, I, I totally see that. And it makes sense. If someone you know has zoned in on that ideal target market, they have their book idea. What is the process that someone sh should go through if they were on your own? Obviously, you know, 
they should hire you, but if they can't for, for whatever reason, to, to kind of, you know, go from idea and target market, market to actually kind of shipping the book. I assume it's a long and kind of tedious process, but how can people <laughs> go from, you know, book idea to, to kind of shipping? What do you have people go through? It is a long process. There are hundreds of steps in that process and it really can be overwhelming. And so my advice to anybody is just take this one step at a time. It's like that old adage about the elephant. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? It's the same with a book. It's a beast. It's a huge project. Just take it one step at a time. And the first step is to take the pressure off of yourself and don't try to just sit down and write the whole book. A lot of people don't know how to write a book. They think, well, I guess I sit down and I just start writing and it's just going to flow out of me magically and I'll start writing and then at the end I'll have this book and I go and I publish it. But that's not how books get written. If you try to write that way, you're going to be so frustrated by the end of page one that you're going to give up. And so where I start myself and with my clients is I say, let's create a parking lot for your ideas and your notes. Mm -hmm. And the parking lot is not your book. It's just notes. It's a collection of stuff. Anything that's related to your book, we stick it in the parking lot. And the parking lot is a Google Doc or a yellow notepad or wherever you want to keep notes. I use a Google Doc. And so I have this Google Doc and I'll start one of these parking lots for any book idea that I have. And then whenever I have an idea and I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. I want to put that in the book. I just open that Google Doc. Usually I'm on my phone somewhere. I'll be running or I'm somewhere and I have this idea. And I'll just open that Google Doc and I just type it in or I speak it in and I say, hey, here's an idea, da, 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 this is what I want to do, or this is my idea, this is what I want to illustrate. And it goes in that parking lot. I'm not worried about the order. I'm not writing prose, like I'm not writing the actual words that go in the book. I'm just putting down a note so that I remember later, this is something I want to put in. And that can be quotes, it can be pictures, it can be examples, it can be case studies, it can be stories. Literally anything goes in that parking lot. Eventually, that parking lot is going to start getting organized. I'm going to start going into the parking lot and say, well, this and this and this, these things kind of fit together. Maybe that's going to be a chapter of the book. And this part here, I want this to go first. And this other part, I think that would go later. And so I start ordering things. I start organizing things. And that's going to take me to my outline. And the outline is where I actually sit down and say, okay, let's get formal about this. Let's really put some structure to this book. And you say, okay, here's chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, or section one, section two, section three. And you map out the order of things and the general high level version of the content. And then, I mean, when I do these parking lots, my parking lot documents will get to 50 to 100 pages. So at that point, I've already got half of my book in the parking lot. I just need to put it in order and write the words Mm -hmm. that kind of go around everything. And so a lot of people will start with an outline. I like to do a lot of work before I even get to the outline in terms of my parking lot and sticking all these notes in there. I just think it makes it so much easier. Mm -hmm. And especially because it takes that pressure off of feeling, feeling like, you need to sit down and actually just like write, write that book, yeah. which is, yeah. it's really hard to just sit down and write something, but it's really easy to put a bunch of notes together. And I'll do this for months, sometimes years. I have books where I've been sticking stuff in that parking lot for literally years. 
But by the time I sit down to actually write that book, it's going to just come out super quick and super easy. Yeah, nice. So you get the parking lot people get all the information, all the pages, and then can kind of sort it and then write the flow around it. I'm sure you could probably speak for about five hours on, you know, on how to write books. I assume kind of everyone has a different style. As you're approaching the the point where, you know, maybe your Google Doc or whatever you're writing is is finished, first of all, what do you think about hiring ghostwriters to help you? How do you think about hiring ghostwriters to write your book for you? Where do you find them? What's the best way to work with them? Let's start there. I think hiring a ghostwriter is a great idea for somebody who doesn't enjoy writing, doesn't feel like they're a good writer. And let's face it, most of us are not writers. It's not what we do. It's not our ex- area of expertise. And a ghostwriter doesn't mean that they come in and they write your book. They're interviewing you. They're getting your thoughts. So it's your book. It's your words. It's your ideas. They're just a master of the craft of writing a book, of knowing how to put it together, of knowing how to express things in the right words. But it's still your book, even if you hire a ghostwriter. Hiring a ghostwriter is expensive. If you want a good ghostwriter, you're looking at paying fifty, sixty thousand dollars US. And that's wow. that's just starting. Now you can yeah. go hire somebody for twenty yeah. or thirty thousand US, but that's somebody who's never written a book before and they're just getting started because it's a five, six month process for somebody to ghostwrite mm-hmm. a book. So if you think about some ghostwriter out there, they can only take on two or three projects a year. So if you get somebody for twenty thousand, that person's only making sixty thousand a year as a ghostwriter. Like that's not huge money or anything. So uh, now the top ghostwriters are charging six figures or a lot Damn. more than that. But yeah. you can get a really good ghostwriter for fifty, sixty thousand dollars. But again, that's a chunk of change, right? So it's not many yeah. people who can afford that. So most people are going to need to write it themselves, and. What you can do, though, is even if you feel like, well, okay, I can't afford a ghostwriter, but I'm also not a good writer myself, just work on that parking lot, get it Mm -hmm. as good as you can, and then you go find a good editor. You can hire a good editor Mm -hmm. to edit your book for maybe three or four or five thousand dollars. And even if your writing is terrible, and trust me, when I say terrible, there are authors who are terrible writers, but they have great editors. And so the book still sounds great in the end. So wow. the author puts all the ideas together, the editor comes in, cleans it all up, and then you yeah. have a great book. And that's, that's that's a much more affordable way to get it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds great. And then I'm kind of keen to go into the marketing and, and, and selling side of the book launch. So let's say someone's an editor or a ghostwriter, the, you know, the content's kind of done. How do you think about pushing this book out into the world to, you know, to make it uh, as successful you, you said potentially you know s- sending some out to, to your prospects i'm sure if you have an email list there's some social media stuff so you know once your book is ready how do you launch it so that you know it's quote-unquote successful whatever that means on day one and it, maybe kind of one or two specific examples of a kind of launch a super successful launch that that one of your clients did for their book Before anything else, I want to emphasize the best marketing for your book will always be word of mouth. If somebody will read your book, they love it, and they tell a bunch of their friends about it, that's how books get big. It's completely organic virality. There are people out there who will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars buying their own books to get it on the New York Times, and yet still 
it doesn't go viral and it doesn't sell a lot of copies because the book itself isn't that good. The book has to be great to go through word of mouth and that's the only way books get big. So word of mouth is what it's really all about. But there are other little things that you can do to help it get started and actually have a chance at getting out there. So one of the things that's a must have is running Amazon ads. These are just pay-per-click ads. They're really cheap. They're running really easy to run. And you can set these up through Amazon. You run these ads. It's a must have. Otherwise, your book's pretty much invisible on Amazon. So that's an easy one. It's low hanging fruit. It's affordable for just about anybody to run those ads. Another one, though, is to have your book launch army. So this is a group of 20, 30, maybe 50 people, your friends, your family, your email list. These are people who like you enough that they're willing to help you out and get this book launched. And what these people are going to do is they're going to pre-order your book before it's available, but it's up on Amazon. It's up for pre-sale. They're going to pre-order your book. And the week that your book comes out, they're going to write a review on Amazon and they're going to tell their friends on social media about your book and say, Hey, you should read this new book that just barely came out. You want to get to 20 reviews on Amazon as quickly as possible because nobody wants to be first. If somebody goes to Amazon and they see a book and it's got three reviews or zero reviews, they're like, well, how good of a book can this be if it's got no reviews or just a handful of reviews? Once your book hits 20 reviews, people feel like, okay, people are reading this book. Once it hits 50, it's even better. Once it hits 100, then people feel like, oh, I'm getting left behind if I haven't read this book yet. Everybody else is reading it. So you really want to get to that 20 as a minimum, and that's what your book launch army will do. Then there are all sorts of ways to get more book reviews and get up to 50 and 100. And this is just going to grease things a little bit, make it a little bit easier for it to sell itself. Now we could go into 50 other ways to market your book, but those are some of the quick ones. All right, cool. Let's, well, we'd have to go into, into 50, but I'm curious, let's kind of come up with some of the kind of top, top strategies. If you could give us a handful, maybe some, um, some, you know, examples with each of them as to kind of how you use them in the real world for a good launch. Well, one of the ways is podcasts, right? I mean, we're here talking on a podcast and podcasters generally like to interview authors because again, the mm-hmm. author has the credibility and they it's like, I run an entire podcast where all I do is interview authors. And I love that because these are people that I know have put in the work, they've put in the time to produce mm-hmm. a book, and I know that they really know their material. And so I know that they're going to be a good guest on the podcast. So once yeah. you have that book, it's not too hard to send it out to a bunch of podcasters and say, hey, I'm coming out with this book. I would love to be on your show and talk about this if this would be of interest to your audience. That's an easy pitch once you have the book. So podcasts are a great way to get the word out about the book without needing to spend money. Another way is through, let's talk about PR. So you can pay for PR or you can do your own PR. And with PR, you have to convince somebody to write that article about you. And I've been on that side as a writer, getting the pitches from people. And most pitches that I got were terrible. Uh, most of them came from PR firms. They were very transactional and transactional in nature. And I could tell that that pitch was coming to me. For, I was part of a group. They were sending the same pitch to 500 other people. They didn't really know who I was. They didn't know what I wrote about. They didn't know what I was interested in. 
And so you can learn from that mistake. When you send a pitch to somebody, send it to one person and tell them why you targeted them. It should be a very short email and it should be email. Don't reach out to journalists on Twitter or social media. Should be through email. So you have to track down their email address. But once you find somebody, and also let's back up a little bit. When you're doing PR, it goes back to your audience. Who is your audience and where do they hang out when it comes to publications? If your audience is on Forbes, you need to go to Forbes. If your audience is on Entrepreneur Inc., you need to go to Entrepreneur Inc. to market your book. So the first step is which publication is reaching the audience that I want to reach with my new book? You go to that publication, then you look around for the writers at that publication who have written about your topic in the past, or you think they might be interested in your topic. And then you target that writer specifically with a custom email that's only sent to that writer and nobody else. And ideally, if it were me, I would just send out a bunch of books to those people. So I would kind of automate the process. I would write a letter (laughs) and I would actually send a physical book to those journalists, those writers and send it out and say, hey, here's my book based on what you've written about in the past. I thought you might be interested in it. If I can be of any assistance and any articles that you're writing in the future, please let me know. Uh, here's my expertise. This is what I know. I'd be happy to talk about this and let me know if I can help. And that kind of offer will go over well. Not everybody will respond to it, but some people will. And you can use that pitch to get into Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur, Business Insider, wow. a bunch of other places. Um, so PR after podcasts and the other place where you can actually get a lot of traction, but this takes a little bit more work and you have to enjoy public speaking is to go on the speaking circuit. So once you have a book, it becomes much easier to get speaking gigs. And when you do a speaking Mm -hmm. gig, when you have a book, If you're at that level that you have a book, normally you're charging for the speaking gig. But what you can do instead is you can say, hey, if you'll cover my travel and lodging and then buy one of my books for everybody, then I'll come for free. I'm not going to charge you a speaking fee. And that way they might actually, you might actually get more value out of it that way over getting Mm. the speaking fee if they'll buy a copy of your book for everybody who's attending. And if you start out with smaller events that are 50 to 100 people, it's a little bit easier to get in. Then you can target events with 100, 200 people, and you can work your way up through these events. But if they're willing to buy your book and give everybody a copy, then you just got your book in the hands of 100 people, 200 people, and you get to talk to them in person. So they feel like, oh, I met the guy who wrote this book. And it makes them more excited about your book that way. There are people that this yeah. is the only way they get their book out there is going on the speaking circuit. Wow. And this is how they get thousands of books out there. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. So so let's step back with these two strategies. When we're going out trying to get PR for our book, you mentioned kind of sending out emails to the authors. That's fine. And then also sending a physical book. Are you just going to send it to them or do you have to ask where their address is via email or is there a way to kind of send to the head office? How do you actually send the physical book to these article writers? It's ideal if you can track down the address without needing to ask them because you're going to lose people Mm -hmm. every time you ask. There are people who just won't respond, right? Mm -hmm. However, Mm -hmm. it's hard because it's like, most of the the writers for TechCrunch aren't sitting in the TechCrunch office. They're scattered all around yeah. the world. 
And so Mm -hmm. if you send it to the office, they're going to be like, well, the guy who's interested in this is over in Singapore. Like we're not going to ship this book over to Singapore. We'll just, it'll Mm -hmm. sit there for two years until he happens to go to the office. So Mm -hmm. ideally you find the local address for them that might require reaching out to them and sending them an email first and saying, Hey, I've got this book. I think you'd be interested in send me your address. I'll ship one out to you right away. You're going to get, you know, a partial response rate from that. Maybe you're going to get 25%, maybe it's 10%, maybe it's 30%. You're not going to get a great response rate or a perfect response rate from that, but maybe you'll get enough that you can get the books in their hands and then you get the articles. Yeah. And then secondly, with the speaking engagements, going out to speaking engagements, how would you find these tours and kind of how would you find these speaking gigs online to be able to speak at? So it's pretty easy to Google events and find event websites. And unless it's a one-time event, if it's a one-time event that somebody's setting up this event, they're going to do it in a few months, it might be a little bit harder Mm -hmm. to find them, but the recurring events are very easy to find. So you can Google events. There are websites that list events, which makes it really easy. And then you can figure out who the event organizer is for that event. And there are groups that will help you through this. Like Grant Baldwin has a group called Speaker Lab, and you can sign up there and you can go through his stuff and they'll help you. And there are lots of other speaker consultant type groups. You can find free groups on Facebook but there are ways to figure out who the event organizers are for these events and then figure out how to get the book in their hands. Yeah, amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm keen to hear any more stories or, you know, or kind of examples of awesome or random books that you've helped your clients with um, and, and how they launched it. And, and you said you've worked with kind of hundreds. So I'm, I'm curious to hear kind of some of the um, some of your favorite stories or case studies of clients and, and books that they launched. Sure. Let's see. I'll tell you probably the funnest story, which is actually my own. Uh, So my first book came out in 2015, I think it was 2015, 2016. And it wasn't a bestseller type of book. It wasn't designed to be that kind of book. I went out and I interviewed chief marketing officers. And this was really a book written about chief marketing officers for chief marketing officers. So my total audience is a couple thousand people around the world. And I was just trying to reach other CMOs. But I wrote this book. Mm -hmm. I was able to interview CMOs from PayPal, Spotify, Target, Home Depot, a bunch of big brands. And so I had this book and I knew it was a good book. And I wasn't really expecting a lot from it, but I was planning on using it as a marketing tool, giving it out to potential clients for my marketing agency. And then I was hoping that would give my marketing agency more credibility and lead to more clients. Cool. Uh, But I was really surprised because a few months after it came out, I got an email from somebody and they said, hey, we're putting together an event of top marketers and top thinkers about marketing, like influencers in the marketing space. And we'd love you to come to this event. And they said, because I read your book, I read your book, I would love you to be at this event with these top marketers. And I start looking through this email and I'm like, wait a second, like, these are all huge people. Like I'm a nobody. I just wrote this book, but they've got like the president of Forbes magazine and the founder of Foursquare and one of the VPs from Twitter and one of the VPs from Snap. And I'm just like, wait, like I'm not on the same level as these people. These people are huge. And then I look into more of the details of the email and it's the event is on Necker Island, Richard Branson's private island. 
and they're like paying for everything. And I'm like, this can't be real. Like this isn't the type of stuff yeah, I get invited wow. to. Well, long story short, yeah. it was real. I ended up spending a week on Necker Island with Richard Branson and like 70 other people. And I'm like sitting there like hitting fish food, golf balls into the ocean off the beach. And I'm doing zip line through the jungle on Richard Branson Island. And I'm having breakfast sitting right next to Richard Branson, like while he's just chatting with us. And I'm just like, how did I get wow. here? Like, this is amazing. And it's, yeah. well, how did I get there? I wrote a book. I wrote a book and that's a it. Book. And I didn't even send uh, yeah. it to the people. They just happened to pick up my book and read it. And that got me an invite to spend an all expenses week with Richard Branson and have this amazing experience. So, I mean, that's not the success of my book launch or, any, or anything. Like I just had a book. I wrote a book. I didn't do any promotion that led to wow. that. It just happened to get in the right hands and led to some amazing connections mm -hmm. that way. So that's a fun story. Yeah. No, no. Let that's incredible. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was amazing. So, yeah. um, you heard it here first for any aspiring authors in the audience. If you publish your book, you will get, uh, onto Richard Branson's Island. You heard it here from Josh. So go out and publish something. <laughs> if you want to meet, if you want to be ziplining. Yep. And don't sue me if that doesn't happen after you write your book though. Yeah. Or me. Past please. returns are no guarantee nice. of future success. Yeah. Can you hear any, um, Yeah. Any other kind of books you, you can speak about? I'm, I'm not sure if there's, yeah, you just covered like so, so much information and given away so much gold. I think some practical examples of people that implemented this would be awesome. Yeah. Let me tell you about two other case studies. And these are not clients of mine. One is a friend. One I wish was a friend, but, and one is everybody's heard of Atomic Habits by James Clear. I think this is a mm -hmm. great case study though. Because James Clear was not a celebrity. He was a writer. He was a really good writer, but he had an email newsletter. Mm -hmm. And he wrote about habits. And he grew this email newsletter to, I think it was around like 150,000 subscribers. And he used that email newsletter to write his book, Atomic Habits. And Atomic Habits now has sold 15 million copies in just a few years. It's become basically yeah. the best, fastest selling business book of all time. But he started out with an email wow. list and that's how it all happened. Now, my friend, Ben Hardy, some of you may have heard of Ben Hardy. He's written books like Who Not How and uh, The Gap and the Gain and Personality Isn't Permanent. He's got a few books out there. But Ben Hardy, as a first time author, he got a $225,000 advance for his first book. Now, the way an advance works is a book publisher comes to an author and says, we believe in you, so we're going to buy your book before you write it. We're going to buy your book, and we're going to give you this money, but then you have to go out and you have to sell enough books to make that advance back. And... In some cases, there's a contract where they say, if you don't sell enough books to make your advance, you have to give us money back. Uh, other cases, it's you keep the advance no matter what, but you better make that advance back. So there's pressure on you. You get the money up front, but then there's pressure on you to actually sell enough books. Mm -hmm. But $225,000 for an advance is huge. Most advances these days are like $2,000, $5,000, maybe $10,000 to get something that's a six-figure advance is huge. So how did Ben do it as a first-time author? 
again, he had an email list. And the way he grew his email list was writing on Medium. Now, you couldn't duplicate this today, I don't think. Maybe you could, but it was a different environment back then. So this was back in 2016. Ben started writing articles on Medium, and he started putting a subscription field in the Medium articles. And I don't think you can do it this way anymore. But Mm -hmm. that's how he started growing his email list. And he practiced so much and he focused so much on how to write well-performing articles on Medium that in 2016, he was the number one author on Medium. He was generating, it was something like 10% of all Medium reads were his articles. Like he was crazy on Medium. So he built this email list up to, and I don't know the exact numbers anymore, but it was like 120,000 subscribers on his email list or something. That's how he was able to get that huge advance on his book because the publisher saw his the size of his email list and said, hey, if this guy's got 120,000 people mm. on his email list, if he writes a book, instantly 10, 20, 30, maybe 50,000 of those people are going to buy his book. It's an instant bestseller. And so that's why they gave him such a big advance on his first book. Well, now his email list is even bigger and he's gone on to partner and co-author with other big personalities. And he's been at a lot of huge events with huge celebrity type people. So now he can get even more for these books and he's selling a ton of books. But in both of those cases, it went back to an email list. And this is what I've seen over and over and over again is the people who already have an audience that they can sell their book to are the ones who they're on an entirely different level. They can jump straight into success. If you don't have the email list or you don't have an audience, it doesn't have to be an email list. It could be a YouTube audience. It could be some other social media channel or something. Email, I think, is the best because when you've got email, you've really got people interested. But everybody I know who's gotten a big deal, a big book deal, or sold a lot of books, they already have the audience. They're not writing the book and hoping that the audience or that the Mm -hmm. book creates the audience. They've already created the audience and they're bringing their audience to the book. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. That's super valuable. So I uh, I appreciate your time coming on. Is there any kind of closing thoughts or tips or recommendations you you would give people, uh, coaches or business owners that are are wanting to launch a book and kind of grow their personal brand and, and business through it? Just this message. You can do this. You can write a book and you should write a book. And there is a book in everybody. There are multiple books in everybody. And you might think, oh, I'm not the best at what I do. There are other people who are so much better. Well, yeah, but you know what? They're not you. And your story is different. And there are people out there who will only listen to you when you tell your story. There might be 10,000 other people who have written the same book that you want to write, but they're not you. They don't have your voice. And so no matter what, you should write a book. You should try to get it out there. And maybe your first one doesn't do that well. Maybe the second one doesn't do that well. But maybe the third one, you've got the practice, you've built up the audience, and maybe the third one hits it big and changes your entire life. Or maybe the first one changes your life. But you can do this. You should do this. And if you do it, I guarantee you won't regret it. I don't know a single person who's written a book and said, that was a complete waste of time. I never should have done that. I'm sure they're out there. I've never met one of those people. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Love it. Awesome. Instead, I've I've met people who say, I wrote a book and I barely sold any copies, but I'm still glad I did it. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of people that started one 
didn't finish writing it and then regret it. So. Yeah. Cause you always wonder what, what would have happened if I had finished what that if, book, what yeah, would have totally. happened? Well, totally. it's never too late. We'll finish that cool. book. Well, that was awesome. Um, for anyone who you know, wants help launching and writing their online book or with PR or growing their, their personal brand, where can people find you? What should people do to work with you and your companies? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm super active there. I've also got my personal website, joshsteinley.com. Best place to go if you're really interested in book stuff, though, is go to publishedauthor.com. That's my hub for everything related to cool. book writing. Wow. Nice, nice. That's a good domain. So publishedauthor.com? Yep. Love it. Awesome. Cool. Well, Josh, I, I appreciate you jumping on, man. Thanks so much for, for giving a ton of value. Seriously, I, I think you just gave a, a whole blueprint on on you know writing and and uh, launching a book successfully so it's going to be um uh, amazing value for for everyone